We're in week number two of a four-part series called Rhythm, where each week we're looking at a different rhythm uh, that we can put in our life that I believe is a God rhythm. Because what we look, talked about last week is that we all have rhythms, that we, whether you play the drums or not, whether you're musical or not, you have a rhythm to the way that you do your life. And, and, and if you're taking notes this morning, the first uh, blank there on your page describes the big idea of this series, and it's simply this, that our life is a result of our rhythms, that we are what we repeatedly do, that the choices that we make form uh, the choices that we make form these roads to certain uh, outcomes. And, and, and sadly, I think many times we have kind of dirt roads to joy, to peace, to purpose, and we have a highway to anxiety, to depression, to financial woes, to, to all kinds of things. And so I want to talk, what are the rhythms? Because everything in life uh, is a result of a rhythm. If you find a successful family... Whether they're, they're conscious of it or not, there's a rhythm that's causing certain patterns of behavior to take place. And, and, and there are other rhythms. If you see an unsuccessful family, there are other rhythms that are taking place. So, so what are our rhythms? What are the things that we're thinking about? What are the, the directions that we're going? What, what are these things? Because it makes all the difference in our life. Jesus talks about this idea in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, and it's our theme verse for this series. And this is what he says. I find it so interesting to me. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? I think those three things probably describe our culture pretty well. Tired, burned out, wore out, burned out on religion. He says, come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. That's what we're talking about in this series. That, that God has certain rhythms to our lives. That, that when we're, our rhythms match God's rhythm, then, then we, can, we, can, we can go toward the purpose that he has for us. But when we're off rhythm, um, it, 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 it goes nowhere uh, positive in our lives. He, he goes on to say, Jesus says, I'll never lay anything ill-fitting or heavy on you. He says, keep company with me and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. So I want to talk every week about a rhythm that we can put in our lives that's a God rhythm, one of these rhythms of grace. Last week we talked all about what we do first and how what we do first affects the rest. And if you missed that message, you can check it out on, uh, on our app or cityhills.com and you can listen to that. And here's where I want to go next about a rhythm of grace that we need to have in our lives. And we do have in our lives, the question is what direction is it? Here's the second rhythm that I need to control my thoughts. Control my thoughts. What I'm learning in my life is that we'll never change the way that we live until we change the way that we think. That the quality of our lives is the quality of our thoughts. That we're not what has happened to us. That's not who we are. We really are what we think about what is happening or what has happened to us. That, that it's, it's, it's what we're thinking about that makes all the difference in our lives. That that, that our life is not defined by those things. But we have the opportunity to define 
what, what is going on in our life. And, and we have a rhythm of the way that we think about things, the way that we process things, the way that we look at things that come into our lives. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 2 says this, wise thinking leads to right living. But read the next part with me. This is good all by itself. But stupid thinking, or as my mother would say, stinking thinking leads to wrong living. You can't go to a positive place with stinking thinking in your life. So I want to teach two things today. First of all, what does the Bible say about the way that we think? And secondly, how in the world do we live this out? Because a lot of times we don't think we have control. We don't think, there we go, that we have control over what we think. And I want to really set a case today that we have the power and the ability to set things in motion in regard to what we think and what it said. What the, and, and the Bible has so much to say about it. Here's the first thing I want to communicate is that everything begins with a thought. Everything in your life, every rhythm begins with a thought. Everything does not begin with an action. It begins with a thought. So a lot of times we try to change an action but we're not changing the thought that's behind the action. And what happens? It's a New Year's resolution. Like, how long does a New Year's resolution last? It, it lasts a few days. So, you know, if you've ever went to the gym in January, it's packed. But you have a lot of people that, set, that, that have an idea of an action they want to change. But what happens? There's not a rhythm that, that goes with that action. And if you don't change the thought without changing, if you, if you don't change the thought and all you do is change the action, it's never going to last. So I want to ask you a question. What is an area of your life that you need a breakthrough in right now? What's, what, what's an area of your life that you need God to do something powerful in your life and, and a lot of times we think, we go straight to the action. Well, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to fix this. I need to fix that. And, and, and though all those things may be true. But my question this morning, we're talking about rhythms. What are the thoughts that are leading you to those places of wrong action? Because everything begins with a thought. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Or if I could say it like this, don't copy the world's rhythms. It says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. That everything begins with a thought. Here's the second idea, that what we think, this is so powerful, what we think determines how we feel. So everything begins with a thought, and what we think determines how we feel. So a lot of times we're blaming how we feel on our coworkers or our kids or our financial situation or some other issue, our body, some other issue that's happening in our lives. And I want to submit to you today that we, how we think is directly connected to what we feel. That, 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 Here's the question. Is what you're going through, is it the end or is it the beginning? See, the answer to that question determines how you feel. Because if it's the end, you may feel depressed. You may feel like you're full of anxiety. You're full of fear. But if it's the beginning, man, there's something that rises up in you to say, I'm not done yet. 
God's still going to do something great in my life. It's not the end, it's the beginning. And a lot of times, our natural rhythm of thinking is we automatically go where? To the positive or to the negative? (laughs) That's right, we go to the negative every single time. The path of least resistance. Someone said this this week, they said, we don't like surprises. I thought, I love surprises, what are you talking about? I love birthday surprises. It's awesome. They said, no, you only like the surprises that you want. The rest of them you call problems. <laughs> so so here, it's all in how you think about it. So here's the question. Is it failure or is it a lesson that leads you to your future? It's all in what you think about what's happening. Is it a setback or is it a setup? Is it something that's going to end you or is it something that's just part of it? Is it a test that you're going through right now? Or is it part of a testimony that you know somehow, some way, God's going to do something great in my life through this situation? So well, this kind of sounds like, you know, power of positive thinking kind of thing. I just want to show you what the Bible says. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8, look at it with me. This is, I've never seen this before. It says, finally, brothers... Whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if there's anything excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. So, so God's giving us a, a, a litmus test for the things that we need to think about. And here's the thing I've never seen before in the scripture. And listen how the end of that verse reads. It says, and the God of peace will be with you. I've never seen that before. What he's saying is that our peace is directly connected to what we're thinking. That the God of peace promises to be with us as we are filling our minds with things that are good, things that are pure, things that are noble, things that are of good report, things that are praiseworthy. That that, that as we fill our mind with good things, it's directly connected to the peace that God wants to put in our lives. But if we are constantly, rhythmically thinking about our past, if we are constantly, rhythmically thinking about our problems, if we're constantly, rhythmically thinking about our failures, if we're constantly, rhythmically thinking about our inadequacies, if we're constantly, rhythmically thinking on things that are not God's truth, what's going to happen? There's not going to be the peace that we need in our lives, that we want in our lives. It's not going to be there according to God's word. And we have control of our thoughts. You have the power to control your thoughts. A lot of times we're just like, I'm just kind of thinking, you know. It's just been a bad day. I'm just, yeah, just thinking. We we just kind of feel like we are just subjected to kind of whatever our thoughts throw at us. But here's what I want to tell you today, that we are the doorkeepers of our thoughts. And the challenge I wanted to make today, I put it in my notes, every day I challenge you to stand guard at the door of your mind and feed it something good. Every day, stand guard at the door of your mind and feed it something good. Because it's never going to drift in the right direction. Your health will never drift in the right direction. Your mind will never drift in the right direction. You have to be intentional to set some rhythms that are going to make a difference in our lives. And many times, we just feed our minds with stuff that has no value to make a difference. And it's... it's, it's it's like this, we, we, we get so many things from our culture that, that I believe are garbage. 
when it comes to our, our, our mind. Many times we go to a place of just simple escape where we, we are just escaping from the day. And, 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 and I'm preaching to myself as well. It, it, we just kind of go to these things. We fill our minds with things that have no ability to take us to our future. And we wonder why we're stuck in a rut in our lives. Got a question. I was thinking about this this week. If I don't know what your, what your ideal sports car would be. Anybody... Now, want to want to shout out on three what the what the make of your uh your the sports car you want is? Let's go one, two, three. I heard Maserati. Did somebody say Honda? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll put mine up here. Where, where's uh, I think I have a picture. Yeah, there we go. You gotta love the Ferrari, the red Ferrari, man. And, and, and I'm thinking about this, this idea of, of this high-performance vehicle, this sports car that, that most of us probably say, man, I'd love to have a certain kind of car, a certain kind of sports car. Now, I have a, kind of, I have a question. If you had that, would you just put anything in the gas tank? Like when you're like, oh, man, just, we got some bacon grease left over from breakfast today. Might as well put it in the car. No, you're going to stand guard over that car. And probably when you pull up to the gas tank, you're not going to feel bad about spending a couple extra pennies to put premium gas in the car. And why? Because you understand the fuel that if you put the wrong fuel in it, it can't move forward. It's, it has all of the performance ability in the world, but that ability is directly tied to the fuel that's put inside of it. And I think it's the same in our lives and our walk with God. A lot of times we are feeding ourselves with junk and we're wondering why we're not moving forward. We're, we're putting junk in our, in, the, in our mind and we're wondering, God, why can't we move forward in our lives? I want to challenge you to, to put some good things, stand guard at the door of your mind and put some good things. That, that, that there's so much from our culture that we just kind of feed and we consume. And whether it's, whether it's, whether it's something we watch or, 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 or some uh, social media or... or any way that we're connecting with media or the news, we're constantly being bombarded not with good things, but with comparison, with anxiety, with violence, with drama. I think one statistic's like 91% of, of, uh, of, of sexual references in the, in, 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 on TV and media today are referenced to people that are not married, having sex. And, and it's just, we, we bring things into our mind, into our home that we would never physically ever want to be in our home if it was, if it was physically happening. But we just kind of bring it in because we're weary and because we're tired. And, 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 and I just want to challenge us as we start this 21 days of prayer that, that, that set at the door of your mind and make some decisions about the fuel you're going to put inside of it. And ask the question, does this have the power to take me to my future or not? Or is this something that's, that, that I'm, that, that, that I'm, that I'm just, just, just going through and going by instead of filling it with good things? Here, here's, here's the challenge I, I want to I make to us today. Uh, if, you, if you're part of City Hills, I, I want to challenge us for the next seven days to, to pull back from as much media as we can. And uh, social media, uh, whatever, whatever that looks like for you, and, and maybe your work has to do with that, and um, do, as, do, as, do as much as you have to do for work, but just when it comes to what you just feel yourself with throughout the week, uh, I really felt to challenge us together for this next seven days, uh, just, just dial it back. 
The, the church, we're not going to be posting things this week. We're not going to be uh, doing those kind of things this week. And we're just going to trust God's going to, the world's going to be here a week later. And, and everything's going to be okay. And the news is going to, you know, it's going to still have bad news. I, I was thinking about this. I wish I could like have a little filter bar for like how many positive stories versus negative stories whenever I'm watching the news. Because it seems like it's like 20 to 1. And, and, and the negative, it's like I, I'm filling my mind with all of these things constantly and, and, and I just want to challenge us as a church what would it look like if for a week we just said okay I'm going to take the things that I've been kind of filling my brain with and I'm going to replace them with worship and the word and, 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 and challenge I challenge you instead of listening to that podcast find a find a, a list that radio station find a, a sermon Listen to the Bible. Find, find something that's, if you need help finding some of these things, our, our, I'm sure our team, ask anybody, they would love to share with you kind of what they do. And, but, but, but instead of these mindless things that we do many times, I just want to challenge us to, do, to replace it some, with something good. Not as some like sacrifice, and oh, I'm fasting for God. But as a test to see if Philippians 4, 8, and 9 is true. Like just, just like a... Just give a week of your life as just a nothing but a just a test, test God. And just see if your life is different a week from now after filling it with good things all week long instead of just things that have no nutritional value mentally. Fill it with those things and, and just see if next week is different than this week. That's what God's word says. Put him to the test. Amen? Amen. So, so here, here's the third thing. Our thoughts determine our destiny. Our thoughts determine our destiny. One man said this, I have it on the screen. said, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a lifestyle. Sow a lifestyle, reap your destiny. If you'll notice, it starts with a thought, and then the last word is destiny. That, that our destiny is defined by our thoughts, that you are today and I am today where my thoughts have brought me and we will be tomorrow where our thoughts have ta will take us. That's why Paul wrote to the church at Rome, he said, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, watch what he says the problem with people dominated by the sinful nature. <laughs> he, he's talking to Christians, by the way. He's talking to people that are already saved, they've already given their life to God, but he's talking about people that, yeah, they're saved, but they're not free. Yeah, they're saved, but they are in a rut. They're being dominated by this sinful nature in their life. Why, Paul, are they dominated by the sinful nature? What's the problem? It says they think about sinful things. <laughs> it says their problem is in their mind. Their problem's not, oh, they're doing the wrong thing and they're going. To... No, 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 no. The problem's not the action. That's why at City Hills, we're not into behavior modification. I don't feel like if I could just line you up with a few check boxes that everything in your spiritual life is going to be all right. Absolutely not. Because I know that God's transformation does not happen from the outside in. It always happens from the inside out. And so he says they think about sinful things. But watch what the positive is to people that are controlled by the Holy Spirit. He says they think about things that please the Spirit. Isn't that powerful? That, that, so in other words, if we can get our thinking lined up, thinking about God things, then man, all the living and all the things that we're hoping for and desiring, it's like everything lines up whenever we line our lives and our minds up with God's word. 
and, and, and make it a rhythm and make it a habit. So my question, what's the rhythm of your thinking? What, what do you constantly think about? What, what have you thought about this morning? Is it some anxious thought that's on your mind? Is it a fear? Is it something that's going on at work? Like what, is, what is the constant rhythm of how you treat the situations in your life? When something happens, do you immediately say, oh, it's going to be bad? Or when something happens, you say, I don't know, God's in control. I don't understand it. I'm not saying this isn't power of positive thinking, just lie. Oh, everything's wonderful when it's not. No, no, no. But understand that, you know, God's on the throne even whenever I don't understand. That God is going to have his will. It's going to be done and it's going to be good even whenever I don't understand how it's all going to work out in our lives. So I want to give you some just practical things on the back of your notes there that I want to challenge us to make rhythmic in our thought life. Rhythmic in our life in the way we allow God to transform our thoughts. Here's the first thing is think God thoughts. Think God thoughts. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 8 says this, For my thoughts, this is God speaking, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Understand this, God says the difference between how he thinks and how we think is this. It's his distance, it's the distance of us standing on the earth right now, and then the furthest star in the highest heaven that you could find. That's the difference between how God thinks about something and I think about something. I, one, time I, one time I researched to find out how big of a gap that was. And it's like 86, 6 trillion you know, miles away, which is like 86 with like 23 zeros at the end of it. That that's the high, and we're discovering higher as science is advancing. What is God trying to tell us is that you don't think like I think. So my question is, how do I get God's thinking into my mind? How do I, it makes sense why whenever I'm doing things on my own, it just doesn't work out. But how do I get God's thinking into my mind, into my thoughts? And it's as simple as this, I just want to challenge you to, to read the Bible Say, well, that's good. Like, I came to church today. That preacher could tell me, read the Bible. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real complicated sermon. Because the next point is pray. <laughs> Reminds me of a song I learned when I was a kid. Read your Bible, pray every day. Pretty good. And you'll grow, grow, grow. <laughs> so read the word. And, and, and what, what, what I mean by this is don't just read the word. Don't just, well, I checked. I read the Bible today. No, let the word read you. Let the word get inside of you. Develop a rhythm of, of, of taking the word in in your life. What it looks like for me, uh, um, what it looks like for me is I, I, I do the one-year Bible. And, and that's what we do here as a church. If you go to our website, cityhills.com, or on our free mobile app, you can, there's reading, these reading plans where you'll, if you'll follow it, you'll read through the whole Bible in a year. And it's got a little bit of Psalm, a little bit of Proverb, Old Testament, New Testament. And, and it's not something that I do every day. I, I'm not legalistic about it. There's some days I don't get through it. Some days I don't have time. Some days I, I get it, but, but I, what I do, I just go on to the next day. And I figure the day I missed will be there next year whenever I'm reading it. 
And I've been doing this for years, but I don't think there's been one year where I've made it completely through the year without missing a day. Some people, I'm like, hey, are you doing the one-year Bible? And they're like, yeah, I'm three months and two days behind. I got a lot of reading to do. No, that's, that's not the goal. You know, that's, that's not the goal. It's not legalistic like you have to do it or God's going to be mad at you and angry. No, no, no. It's going to be there next year. But the, but the idea is simply this. God, I want your word in me today. And sometimes whenever I'm reading, it's just one sentence. And I shut my Bible and I'm just praying. Because God spoke to me in that one sentence. But what is your rhythm for what you put in your mind? Is it the word of God or is it just something else in your life? What, because there's only one way to get God's. There's, there's only, it's, it's, through, it's through reading the Bible and through prayer. Because we believe prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. Prayer is something where God wants to not just you speak to God, but God wants to speak to you too. And whenever you speak to him, he can change your life forever. And, and, and this needs to be something that's a rhythm. That's, that's why we do this for 21 days. Because uh, science, scientists say that it's about 21. There's a biblical precedent for 21 days um, in, in the Bible for people that sought God. But we also do it because they say it takes 21 days to develop a habit. And our prayer as a church that we wouldn't just two times a year seek after God, but we would build a habit into understanding, hey, we can do this as a rhythm where every day we seek after God with our life. Every day we read the word. Every day we're listening to what God is calling us to do every single day. And in your prayer guide, every single day, there is a scripture. That the encouragement is simply this. Take that one scripture that day. And let this be your meditation. If I could take it a step further, quote that scripture. Write that scripture out. Let this be your constant meditation all day long. Meditate on the word of God. Put it in your mind and just see what God will do. Here's the second thing. Think grateful thoughts. Think grateful thought. The gratefulness, I believe, is the antidote to fear and worry in our lives. You can't be grateful and depressed at the same time. Try it. You can't be grateful and worried at the same time. I'm just so thankful God's been so good to me that I'm just so terrible. You know, my life's no, no, no. No, there's something whenever you get grateful that it, it changes something about the way that we think. And that's one of the things we've added in the prayer guide uh, this time. I actually put it on the screen so you can see it big whenever you get it. But every day, this is today's. Um, you have the scripture up top, and then it has the morning focus. It says, this morning, I am grateful for. And, and my challenge is when you wake up in the morning, fill that out. What today are you grateful for? I'm grateful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends. I'm th whatever it is, that allow, and don't just let it to be something you mindlessly do. Wake up and thank God for something. Don't wait till you get here to 21 days of prayer, but let this be an experience where you wake up grateful. Let the first word that come up out of your mouth be, thank you, Jesus. And, and, and think about the things that he's done in your life. And every morning, write what you're grateful for. You can go back to the last slide. And then right below it, I says, today I, it says, today I am praying for. And I want you to define what you're believing God for today. Because we're not just trying to go through a, a motion in the morning. Well, I checked off. I prayed for an hour. I'm a great... No. Focus on what you're believing God for that day. Maybe you have a big meeting that you're going to go into. Maybe you have a family situation. Write that down and believe God. And at the bottom of the page, there's room for notes. And then at the bottom of the page, it says evening reflection. 
says, lessons I learned today. In other words, an opportunity just to, to refocus and recenter yourselves. And it says, this evening I am grateful for. And I want you to write out the things that you're grateful for before you go to bed at night. And understand, if the first thing you do when you wake up is you're saying, thank you, God. And the last thing you do before you go to bed is you say, thank, thank you, God. Guys, I promise you, worry, fear, anxiety, depression, it just has to leave because you're, you're choosing what's, what is going into your mind and you're allowing God to direct your thoughts. You, you're making this into a rhythm of your life. We all have grateful moments, but my question is, do you have a grateful rhythm in your life? Because that's what makes all the difference in, in, in what we think about. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Watch this. It's, it's, it's given us... The, the, the answer, the antidote to this, don't worry about anything. Instead of pray about everything, and here's how you pray. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. So, so you need to do away with this worry. Here's what you do. You seek God in prayer. You, you ask him for what you need, but you always thank him for what he's already done. And what's that? That's gratefulness. That's thankfulness in our lives. One, one, one of the issues with gratefulness is it's hard to be grateful when you live around negative people all the time. It's hard to be grateful when you've made the choice to surround yourself with neg negative people that are always speaking bad things into your life. Guys, that's why we need to surround ourselves. That's what I love about 21 days of prayer. Every time we come in, there's not going to be anybody, I believe, that's going to come here and say, well, I'm here. I don't think God's going to do anything today. You know what? We're just wasting our morning. No, everybody that's waking up, they're walking in this place saying, God's about to do something awesome today. I'm believing God's going to do a miracle today. And we need some people to join with us and to, and, and to walk with us and talk with us. That's why on the news you saw that we're, we're, we're launching back into small groups here in the month of September. And August 20th and 24th, we're having a small group leader training. What's that all about? That's all about us as a church developing a network of people that can lift each other up. And to say, you know what, you got a lot to be grateful for. And I'm walking with you. And God's on the throne. He's going to do something great in your life. It's, it's putting people around you. It, it, it's putting people around you to they'll change your life. Here's the third thing. Think purposeful thoughts. Think purposeful thoughts. That a lot of times, I believe our thoughts are not only negative. I believe many times our thoughts are only on ourselves. Have you ever had someone take a picture of you in a group and you say... Can I see the picture? And you look at the picture and the question is, who do you look at first in the group picture? And if that's not a good picture of you, is it a good picture? Should they post it online? No. Everyone else could have the best picture of their life. But if you are not standing there looking all good, you know. You know what? I've learned. You know that I, that that the, that my wife told me a a I always said you ever see girls take pictures I just got to talk about you girl you ever see girls take they always do this right here they always do this right here you know what they say yeah kick their leg out do this right here and I said why do you guys do that they said well a flat arm is a fat arm <laughs> so go and be blessed <laughs> that has nothing to do. But here's the deal. Our focus is on ourselves, isn't it? What 
what I've learned even about preaching and communicating is that if I walk up here, how am I going to do? How am I going to do? Okay, am I going to say this try? Am I, is it, okay, if I walk up here and this sermon's all about Brandon preaching the best sermon of his life, it's going to be terrible. But if I walk up here saying, man, I just pray God does something great in somebody's life here today. You know, and if I mess up some words and if I get my points messed up and some people come up to me afterward, what's that last point? You know, and, but, but it's focused on helping somebody else. There's something that comes, there's something that changes on the inside of me and it stops being about me and starts being about other people. And guys, if you, whatever your world, if you'll walk into work tomorrow morning not worried about yourself, but you'll walk in saying, God, who can I bless today? Or, or you'll, you'll walk into the supermarket, God, who can I bless today? Or wherever you go, if you'll turn your attention to making a difference, I promise if, if that's a rhythm of your life, it'll change the way you think. It, it'll change everything about you. Because the secret to living is giving. Two things in life that'll make you feel alive is growing and giving. And Neither one of those things are all about me. It's all about learning from somewhere else. It's all about growing and wanting to become and so that I can be a blessing in somebody else's life. One of the healthiest thoughts you can ever have are thoughts about why God put you on this planet. Thoughts about making a difference in the lives of other people. It's like, God, I know this situation's bad, but I know why I'm here. God, I know this situation, I don't know how it's going to work out, God, but I know you've called me to do this for you. That when you find out what God's put you on this planet for, it'll change you. And I, I know this, that if, if, if you don't have a purpose in your life, you're probably a pretty miserable person. I don't mean about your value or your worth. I'm just talking about to yourself. There's no amount of acclaim. There's no amount of acquisition. There's no amount of fortune or fame that can ever fill the, the, the thing in our lives that's called to give. To make a difference in the lives of other people. And, and, and that's why Romans 12, 2 says, Don't conform to the pattern of this world or the rhythm of this world, but be transformed. Allow God to renew your mind, and then you'll be able to test and approve what, what God's will is. His pleasing and perfect will. That's why we have next steps here every single month, because we want to help you discover that purpose. Light that fire in you. Coming to next steps today is not going like, to solve all your problems, but it may give you something bigger than your problems to focus on. And you may have a difference to, be, to make in your life. My goal as a pastor is not to solve all your problems. My goal as a pastor is to give you something bigger than your problems. And allow God to do a work through your life. Here's the fourth thing, musicians, you could come. Think powerful thoughts. Think powerful thoughts. You need to find a power to fuel your thoughts. I believe that power is the power of the Holy Spirit. That we have to open up our lives to allow the Holy Spirit to change us. Ephesians 2.20 says, Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that's at work within us. We need thoughts that are full of power and I believe the way that happens is when we allow God to fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit. 
And as God fuels us and fills us with the power of the Holy Spirit, he gives us the strength to be able to change. He gives us insight that we would never have. There's, there's a strength and a power. When we come together to pray, and that's why I want to encourage you to, to, to write down the prayer requests that you're facing because prayer is not just this quiet time alone with God. That's not all it is. Prayer is also an opportunity to do battle against the things that are fighting us in our lives. And through prayer, we have the opportunity to take, we have to take authority over the things that are, taking, that are trying to destroy our lives and destroy our families. I told this story this past week at First Wednesday, and I wanted to share it again. But about 12 years ago, 12 or 13 years ago, I came back from my first mission trip from overseas in Bolivia with my um, Right out, right out of uh, school, we had went over to a, mission, to a mission trip for two weeks. And we had seen God do some amazing things. I saw a, um, a little girl who was deaf since birth. I, I, I witnessed, I was right there whenever she heard for the first time. And she screamed bloody murder. Never forget that scream. And we were like, what's going on? And it was translated back in Spanish. We were in Bolivia and it was translated back that she had never been able to hear before and God unstopped her ears and I remember they took her on stage and they're celebrating what God I mean I, we saw God do some awesome things and when it, but whenever I came back home I can't describe it there was like a, just a heaviness and um, anxiety and I'm pretty generally a happy guy but there was just this heaviness that was on my heart but at the same time I felt like I had to kind of put on a show for everybody because a lot of people had helped me get on that mission trip and I was coming back testifying at church and but at the inside I wasn't sleeping at night and uh, I, I was just I don't know I just could not be happy it was like a smile was a lie and um, about three o'clock in the morning after about three days um, of all this going through the weekend and all that I, could, I hadn't slept uh, I get a call from my grandmother about three in the morning and it was when we had the old landlines with the curly cord and she said she didn't even say hello she just said in the name of Jesus and she began to tell me she said the Lord showed me that there was something that tried to, has tried to attack you some spirit from the place where you were and it's, I didn't understand but she just said I, I felt like the Lord revealed it to me in a dream and I just want to say in the name of Jesus Holy Spirit you're in charge you're in control and just begin to speak the word of God and take authority over that thing and, and you know what I never, I never I slept like a baby that night and it was like something lifted off of me and, it, and, it's, never, and it, it's never come back again and uh, here, I say all that to say this is that, that you need some power in your life you need some powerful thoughts in your life. You need God to be more than just something you do on Sunday morning. But you need something that gets on the inside and fills you with that power of the Holy Spirit and changes you. And you can think some powerful thoughts in the name of Jesus. Because that's what changes everything. So if you're here today, as I pray and we sing this last song, I want to invite you to come. And, and we have plenty of sticky notes over here if you need to. But as we sing this last song, I just want to encourage you to come and put these prayer requests up front on the stage, just up top. And, uh, and we're just going to believe God's going to do miracles in Jesus' name. Why don't we all stand together? I want to pray, Lord, thank you so much for this, this opportunity to worship together with these amazing, amazing people. God, I pray you give us strength to control our thoughts. Not just live thinking, well, we just, you know, our thoughts just kind of roll over us. No, we have the power 
through the Holy Spirit to allow your thoughts to come in our mind. God, we're seeking after you. Lord, we're seeking after you in your word. We're seeking after you with prayer. God, we just say we need you. Lord, we're not looking at the things of our day and saying it's over. We're saying just the beginning because you're still in control. You're still in charge, God. We love you. We trust you. We ask for your hand and your favor on our lives. We seek after you with all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.